It is absolutely crucial for people to get off the road. If, if anyone's thinking of going out, don't. If you're on the road, get to safety immediately. Do not go to the MTA. As you, I think you know, subway lines are having tremendous problems. In fact, uh, our first responders are getting people off some trains that were stuck. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Oh, man, six minutes after 9 on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Another day on planet Earth. That was Bill de Blasio. Um, we're seeing images out of New York that we've never seen before. New York, New Jersey, uh, as the remnants of uh, Hurricane Ida make their way up the uh, the East Coast uh, and sweep across all those states, uh, even hitting Maryland. I think Rockville, Maryland had some flooding. Pennsylvania. Uh, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. I've... You know, uh, uh, it's really surreal. I, I had gone to bed before I really started seeing any reports of this last night. And, uh, been driving in this morning and, uh, you know, it's like pretty much just did not to get visual, but I hop out of bed and I get in the car and I run, roll in here. So I don't really check the news before I leave to come into work. I, I do some prep the night before. And then I finish prepping when I get here. So I'm rolling in, and I'm hearing about subways being flooded, subway tunnels being flooded, streets of New York, Manhattan flooded, streets of uh, in New Jersey flooded. And I, and I get in here, and I start seeing the images. It's like, man, what the hell? I mean, uh, no, do I think it's, it's because of climate change? No. Let's just you know squash that right now before we even continue in, any further. Because that's what you're already hearing. Uh, it's it's it is damn peculiar though uh, to see the streets of New York flooded like that, and and especially I don't know if you've ever been to the city and you've ridden on the subways. I, I actually rode my first subway train when I was uh, probably I don't know twenty nineteen or twenty into Chinatown at like two in the morning. <laughs> right, Don Morgan's looking at me like, "Are you nuts?" Well, back then. But the idea, uh, and you see the video where the water is just rushing into these subway tubes. Man, Don, have you ever seen that's This has never happened, I don't Not think, there. in New York City. Not there. That's the first time I've had to issue the flash flood warnings in New York City. Ever, right? Ever, right. And, you know, the, the, you know, and it's the, the water rushing into the subway systems, as you mentioned. And it's also the water... Gushing out through manhole covers. Through oh utility. man! I mean that's well. There's a huge underground in a sense. Yeah, because there's almost a whole other city underground of New York City as far as uh, sewage systems and drain, right. you know, and and subways and trains and all that stuff. Right, and you figure all of the underground uh, utility cables and you know, oh, telephone man. wire, fiber optics that are kept under there. That's <laughs> all going to need to be repaired at some point as well. So. It's hard to say how many, of yeah, how many billions of dollars is going to cost to recover from all of this. So. And and uh, I think the the as far as the folks who have been lost is the number is going. I, I think it was it was nine. nine this morning. Nine. They found five bodies in an apartment in New Jersey. We're going. Oh. We'll have that story a little later on. So. And one of the uh, persons that lost their life uh, life in in in, uh, in New York City was a two year old girl, I believe. Right. Yeah. It's just these are such. Strange, and I'm not diminishing this. It's just such strange right. days in which we live, man. You know, you got you have to consider to them, 
that rain, these flash floods, is kind of like what we experienced back with the storm rolled, the snow and stuff rolled through here oh, yeah. earlier this year. You just don't know how to handle it. Because you're you, not you, prepared for it no, at all. There's it, no reason it, to it. It just doesn't happen. Right. You know? so, I mean, it rains there, obviously, but not to this extent. And they've had hurricanes <laughs> roll through before, but again, it didn't bring this much rain to the area. I've never seen the streets of New York flooded with water. Concrete jungle. Concrete jungle. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, if you've ever been in the city, and we were talking about this earlier, the streets are all fairly narrow. I mean, yeah, it, you know, you, you, when you're in New York City, you know, you got to look up to see a strip of sunlight. I mean, it's, you're, it's concrete. You're right. Concrete city. It's almost like canals. Where's the water go? Mm-hmm. And it's gurgling up from the manholes. And they had uh, people in their in their homes in New Jersey, I think, where it's, it's uh, it's it's rushing into their drains, and in New York City, I saw what looked to be almost an uh, an apartment building where mm-hmm. the water was being forced up through the plumbing into an apartment building. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just very strange. And so our 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 thoughts and prayers and hearts go out to the uh, the folks uh, in, in all these uh, states that are that are experiencing, especially in New York and New Jersey, where they're just mm-hmm. not prepared. For an event like this, right. and again, as you said, you're looking at billions of dollars worth of damage and, and uh, subsequent repair mm-hmm. that is going to have to take place, and it's just mind-boggling. I couldn't hear, I couldn't believe what I was hearing when I was driving in. You know, and you and I grew up on the East Coast, so I mean, we we you know it, it, you know we understand how it, it's it's you know all the states are really kind of small, you know, obviously, right. and uh, you watch the the radar. Of this stuff just you know, rolling over all those states, I mean, they got flooding in uh, in Pennsylvania. They got flooding in Maryland. Right. It's going to stretch up into New England, into New England, Massachusetts, Mad- Connecticut, those places. Yeah, it's going to be a long day on the East Coast. It- I have a friend in New Hampshire, and she said this morning it's pouring there. Oh man, just crazy. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on, on what we, uh, what we learn, uh, you know, uh, yeah, very strange, uh, strange, uh, storm pattern, uh, again, rolling, uh, across, uh, the eastern seaboard there. And as, uh, as, uh, Don mentioned, continuing on. Right. To the northeastern, uh, uh, states along the coast. I'm interested to see what happens when all this rain hits the state of Maine. And they just kind of, in their own nonchalant way, just, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dig out my bean boots a little early this year. <laughs> my bean a boots. wicked storm out there. Had a wicked storm. <laughs> Wonder what we're going to do with all this water. <laughs> it's funny. That accent is <laughs> it's so know. cool. It's one of the most interesting accents in the country. It is. But it's almost like nails on a chalkboard after a while. Is it? <laughs> There's been days I was I'd sit in school with somebody who had that down east accent, and I'd be like, right. "Would you please just stop?" <laughs> you know, a fake British accent, anything. I see. I think it's cool. <laughs> I, you know, the part of the world where I grew up, you know, that's the accent. Maybe we all just secretly hate the accents of where we grew up, you know, because uh, right. like the Baltimore accent drives me. Hey, hon, how you doing? You going down the ocean? You know, or then you get on the eastern shore and you're like, "Oh, good old, you don't even know what the hell they're saying." Right. Because that's more like what you're—it's Waterman territory. Yeah, and you know your average uh, Waterman, you, whether they're from where you're from or where I'm from, you you can barely tell what the hell they're. Yeah. <laughs> they don't talk like Quint. Okay, you don't know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> that's true. You just don't know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> 
You know, I ran into that in North Carolina one time. Oh, yeah? I was out there visiting my kids, and, and I pulled over at this gas station, and there were two people in there. And the lady behind the register said something to me, and I looked at the other guy standing <laughs> off to the side, and I'm like, what did she just say? <laughs> and then he repeats it, and I look at her, I'm like, well, what did he just say? <laughs> What's going on? That's funny, man. See, I love the Texas accent. I, I think the Texas accent is is, right. is cool. It is, you know, and it just kind of rolls, you know, and it's it's more of a vocal mosey. You know what I mean? Like, you, <laughs> you know, and then there's my wife's accent, which is kind of a mixture of the vocal mosey and you know the West Side, and and she goes in and out of English and Spanish, and you know, sometimes I'm like, what? What did you just say to me? What did you just say? Makes you look forward to getting punched in the face. It does. <laughs> Just because I like the way she predicates it with, you know. Uh, <laughs> punk ass, you know. And she, then she tosses that in. <laughs> well, bless and your heart. Bless yeah, my bless heart, right. 210 210-595-5555. Sorry, we're having, uh, kind of you know, chuckling a bit, but uh, we, you know, a very serious situation on the East Coast. And we'll we'll keep you updated, and we're going to talk about some other stuff that's going down on planet Earth today. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station: News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. Sean, hi. Got your frog and locust umbrella going there. Now, uh, the 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 uh, governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, is giving a, a press conference. We're, we're not going to go to it live, but he's. I guess they had some tornadoes in New Jersey. Whew. Man. Uh, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I, you know, I heard this yesterday. I, I, I try to catch the the first half of uh, uh, Mark D. Van Camp and Robbins uh, every day, and uh, when I when I get done, and uh, you know, David Van Camp is a brilliant satire scriptwriter, and and they'll you know do bits and stuff. And I heard them talking about this story, and I thought it was a bit. I, I thought that that can't be real. But it is. And I just to kick off the, the show here, I want to start off with a, a story out of San Francisco. Uh, and uh, obviously this uh, this came out yesterday. They're They're going to try a new program in San Francisco where... They'll pay you three hundred bucks not to shoot anybody. They're <laughs> Tom Morgan's cracking. I'm serious. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a stinking joke, man. I'm like, you're kidding me. It's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Uh, this is Cheryl Davis, executive director of the Human Rights Commission. She told Newsweek, these small investments can transform the lives of individuals, but they can also transform communities. Th- this is from the Fox News story. The Dreamkeeper Fellowship, uh, which is, 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 uh, is, uh, has been formed by the Human Rights Commission and Office of Economic and Workforce Development, will pay 10 individuals who are at high risk of being on either end of a shooting $300 each month to not be involved in a shooting. 
No, wait a minute. So if you don't get shot, do you get 300 bucks? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where is this again? San Francisco. San Francisco, okay. Uh, they, it's called the Dreamkeeper Initiative. And it works to, re- they're, they're taking, and I didn't know this until Trey brought it up. Cause you know, the man only sleeps about 19 minutes a day and the rest of the time he's prepping. That they're taking the money from like the police budget. Mm-hmm. So it's a gift card. Wait, uh, <laughs> so if you don't shoot it, they take 10 individuals who are, I guess, likely to shoot somebody. And if you don't shoot anybody, you get a $300 gift card. And then, if you manage to de-escalate a conflict in your stinking neighborhood, you get an additional $200. Can you de-escalate something by shooting someone? <laughs> Either way, I win. Either way, Woo! I win. I got gift cards coming in the mail. I got a dollar shirt coming. I'm hitting the Walmarts. You know what I mean? Yeah, you better walk out. I'm going to be watching my big screen TV by the time I'm done with it. Oh, Participants of the program will be paired with life coaches from the city's Street Violence Intervention Program and will serve as community ambassadors. I all do it. I didn't kill anybody this month. I wanted to talk to you for a few minutes. Give me 150. I only stabbed him. <laughs> right. You get 150 bucks if you only stab him, right, or maybe yeah. you know, like a like an Applebee's card or something. I don't you know. get a free pizza if you kick him in the ding dong. <laughs> Come Did on, you, say you kick him in the ding yeah. dong. Pizza, yeah, you get a free pizza. Yeah, they have different <laughs> stages of this, man. You know, I know. There's like a, you kick somebody in the crotch, you get a free pizza delivery from Domino's. Right, it's like some bizarre tier pyramid scheme. <laughs> I flicked him in the ear. Give me a milkshake. <laughs> flicked him in the ear. I get a, I get a Coke. I gave him the mother of all wedgies. <laughs> got myself a free car wash today. I just, I can't stand it anymore. These are serious people, man. So if you're, if you're at risk of shooting, <laughs> well, I mean that's what I don't understand. At risk well, of sh- how do you know if you're I don't at risk? Know. <laughs> you walk around going, hey. <laughs> Well, you can tell people, hey, you're Shoot lucky. Me, I dare you. You're lucky I need my $300. <laughs> I'd kill you. Well, gun violence is up. Gun homicides is up in San Francisco. Uh, well, no, they did this in Richmond, California, mm-hmm. where it was called cash for criminals because they had a hike in gun homicides by 55%. Oh. Guess what? It didn't work. <laughs> I'm sure. They, their, their stats on gun violence didn't change at all. Uh, I just, these are, I don't, with, with things like this, I, and, and, oh, here's, uh, who is this quote from? This is from the mayor of Sacramento, London Breed. My desire is to get them not to just make an arrest, but he's talking about the, I guess it was a cut down on violence, but to get them to try and figure out if they would be willing to work with us on something that is an alternative meaning the people that aren't shooting anybody. Mm-hmm. We just can't put them in a program without making sure they that they have money, without making sure that they have something to take care of themselves. They've had 119 recorded gun crimes this year alone, the first half of the year. In Sacramento. In Sacramento. And so they think that by paying... Well, and again, going back to the, the, the other side of the coin, because... You're, they're, they're saying that if you're likely to get shot, they're also going to pay you if you don't get shot. Mm-hmm. 
How in the hell do you figure that out? I have no idea. How do you figure that out? I can't tell if these are serious people or if this is just kind of like a resume piece for somebody. You know what I mean? You say, hey, look what I did. Right. Uh, look how stinking progressive I am. Mm-hmm. I'm paying dudes not to shoot each other. See, that's I'm thinking outside the box. I have an idea. Vote for me. How about you promise not to send them to prison for the rest of their lives if they, <laughs> if they don't shoot somebody? You there know, you go. You that's good. You can't have a hostage negotiator showing up armed with Niners tickets. It's probably <laughs> not a good idea. Well, so that's what I'm wondering, too. It's $300 Jesus. what they get for not shooting someone. I mean, I shoot someone. Okay, well, I'm not going to jail. I just don't get my $300. Yeah, get my you just not get your gift card? Right. I'm sorry, Mr. Man, but your gift card is revoked for this month because he shot somebody. Now go home. Stay now there. Go home and stay there. Let's see. That guy's really uh. making, that guy's making me mad. Can I, <laughs> can I risk one less trip to Arby's? <laughs> hmm. Right. What does 300 bucks buy you in freaking Sacramento? Right. I've been to California, man. I remember when I was out in L.A., a pack of smokes cost you, you know, well, you needed credit references to get a pack of smokes. <laughs> you fill out an application. You fill out an application, <laughs> get a loan. What's 300 bucks buy you? About 10 minutes in Sacramento of doing anything? So anyway, if you think that's a great idea, uh, give us a call. 210-599-5555. Likes February, except on leap year. <laughs> <laughs> See how you are. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. So uh, uh, if you think it's a good idea to pay guys not to shoot people, and you'd like to see that here in San Antonio, like Nuremberg's out there, hmm. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that progressive thinking while I'm working out on my abs. Maybe, Judge, maybe we should pay people not to shoot each other. I don't know, right? <laughs> Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. But they gotta wear a mask. You gotta make sure you're wearing a mask when you don't shoot somebody. If you're not gonna shoot anybody in San Antonio this weekend, I'm I'm Mayor Ron. Please make sure you're masking up because we can do this. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And we're back, we're back, we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 107.1. I'm Sean. Rudy J from ESPN, from the ESPN Morning Show with Rob Thompson. will be joining me again at 1015. It's kind of our morning visit. He's a cool dude, very cool dude. Uh, talking about this program out of San Francisco uh, where they're going to pay you 300 bucks not to shoot someone. <laughs> Every time I say it, I, I still think it sounds like a Babylon Bee thing. But it's not, man. It's real, man. It's re- and we got some phone calls. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Jacob. Jacob, how you doing? I'm great, sir. How are you today? Not too bad. Tomorrow is Friday. It's a three day weekend. Yay! Yeah. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> hey, I'm. I don't know. My head feels like it's about to pop right now. I don't know if it's just because of my encounter with greatness here on the phone, <laughs> or I'm just so excited that somebody is finally going to give some organization to these guys it's, this is the first step in the right direction for criminals there's going to be some kind of organization for them they, they're you know they wait a minute they should unionize it's called, the, it's called the mob isn't it I, yeah i guess i mean you know, it, it, but isn't it weird i mean look it's 300 you're gonna pay them 300 bucks not to shoot somebody oh yeah we'll shake hey if you pay us we won't shake you down Oh, you get what I'm saying? Now I do, Kabish. Now I understand. 
There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'd pay your tribute. Or, you know, because it'd be a shame if something was to happen to you, like you was to get shot. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. We just, finally, we just finally got it institutionalized. Right. Excellent, man. Excellent call. Thank well, you, sir. Have a good one. <laughs> you too, Jacob. Have a great weekend. Uh, well, wait, i got one more day to go, Chris. It's only Thursday. Matt, how you doing? What's up, Brother Sean? Another day in paradise, man. What are you thinking? Hey, man. I, uh, okay, these crazy people in California are the exact opposite of what we are in Texas. So I think in Texas we should do something opposite. So <laughs> if you feel threatened and you need to protect your family, we should give you a $300 gift card to the Academy to go get yourself a gun <laughs> to protect your family. <laughs> I like it. If you don't, if I have any... Uh, Felonies or anything like that, but right, right. <laughs> Give you a gift card if you go get a gun in Texas, and you can pack it wherever you want. Man, you can carry it open. You can you can conceal it. You can you know do whatever you want with it because of our new law. That's great, man. Thank you for the call, brother. Yes, sir, buddy. <laughs> man. <laughs> I almost thought he was going to say Texas, like, we'll give you a gift card if you do shoot somebody. But uh, no, but only in self-protection, of course, to protect your family. Uh, 210-599-5555. The the other story that uh, I want to get into, well, a couple of things. Uh, When we come back, we'll we'll talk about this phone call now, which we learned more about yesterday between Joe Biden and President Ghani of uh, of formerly of of president of of, of Afghanistan uh which um is pretty much proof positive that your president knew precisely what was happening in Afghanistan even though he can't shut up about how nobody saw it coming we have learned more about this phone call which took place in July uh, there was a follow-up phone call by uh, by General Milley uh, in, in the same vein, and uh, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But the other story that is really disturbing me, I mean, this is really disturbing. And, and when I say this to you, you know, if you're if you're my age, it, it may bother you just a, a, a smidge. But apparently, Keanu Reeves is 57 years of age today. All right, I'll, I'll let you calm down for a second. He's 57, man. I didn't bring this up on Ware and Rima because I didn't, you know what I mean? Because Trey is also, well, I, you know, I didn't want to bring it up on, on Ware and Rima. I didn't want Trey to think I was saying something odd about being 57. I'm going to be 54. I'm just saying, Chris and Don, Keanu Reeves is 57 freaking years of age, man. Now, that ain't right. I resent the hell out of him. I resent him. Because he doesn't look... He's looking any different. A little bit. Maybe a little hang around the jowls. That's about it. But he's taking care of himself. He's 50... He's pushing 60. Right. Let me say that again. Keanu Reeves, Neo... (laughs) Was he Bill or Ted? I can't remember now. Ted. Oh, he was Ted. Ted... Is pushing 60. He's 57. Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, seems to be suddenly very interested in the program. She's right over there. Right. Perked up all of a sudden. Yeah, paying attention. I'm just saying I didn't think he was that stinking old. Well, I mean, I'm, we're, we, our 
generation, whatever, never mind. You know, we're <laughs> we're, we're all in our 50s now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I was a little shocked, a little shocked, when we were just talking about Keanu Reeves in, this morning, and Elaine mentioned that it was his birthday. Because, Chris, were you not tormenting Elaine with, with – weren't you the one that told Elaine it was Keanu Reeves' birthday or how that take place this morning? You did. You were doing that to her. No. Uh, and so I'm, I'm like, well, I wonder how old he is. So I looked it up online. I'm like, he's 57, man. John Wick is 50 freaking seven years of age. Ted is 57. Constantine is 57. <laughs> that was a cool flick. That is most not excellent. That That is just not right. I, I resent him. You know, Johnny Depp at least is starting to look like a piece of crap. You know what I mean? Johnny Depp's sliding downhill real fast. Johnny Depp had the Fountain of Youth going there for a long time, but have you seen him lately? He looks like a freaking car wreck, man, with, with fat jowls. He's, his eyeliner is running. You know, he's not, he's not, he's sliding downhill. Yeah, he's constantly getting sued. Well, yeah, he's, he's sued and wine drunk. Yeah. But, you know, Keanu, God, I hate him. I resent yeah, the hell out of like him. He's like Tom Cruise. He looks, still looks great. I don't like they, him either. They both hung out with vampires. I guess That's they true. did. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is a vampire, Elaine. How does that make you feel? He sucks. He's undead, man. He doesn't freaking age. The next movie is going to be Bill and Ted's excellent trip to the dog track. <laughs> God, I'm depressed. All right. Uh, two, I hate everything. <laughs> two and zero. I hate you, Keanu. I hate you. I don't care how nice you are. Two and zero, five, nine, nine, fifty-five, fifty-five. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Hi, this is Trey Ware, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA at FM 1071. Stay connected. Yeah, News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. And I, I'm, I'm kind of, we, we've been talking, you know, the past couple of days about this July 23rd phone call between Joe Biden and uh, Afghani president, former Afghani president Ashraf Ghani. Ashraf Ghani. And, you know, Saki, Jen Saki crap yesterday kind of a, said, well, I'm not going to go into private conversations between the president and President Ghani. No, 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 no. She has no soul. Um, and not because she's, you know, a redhead. Uh, because she's a, a lying scumbag. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've heard bits and pieces about this conversation, again, July 23rd, where it's it's painfully obvious that Joe Biden knew that the Taliban were overrunning uh, Afghanistan and that the situation was bad. Because he, and I'm looking at the conversation, I've been kind of going over the conversation as published by Reuters, which is, Reuters were the first ones to release this thing. And it's it's just, he is so full of crap. How many times did he say, come on, man? Well, this is how he opens the conversation. Mr. President, Joe Biden. I don't know why that cracked me up. Not President Biden from the United States. Mr. President, Joe Biden, Joe, champ, you know. And, uh, you know, Ghani says, of course, Mr. President, such a pleasure to hear your, vo- your voice. He says, you know, I am a moment late. 
but I mean it sincerely. Hey, look, I want to make it clear that I'm not a military man any more than you are, but I've been meeting with our Pentagon folks and our national security people, as you have with ours and yours, as you know, and I need to tell you that the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things aren't going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. You think? He says, and there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Uh, And he starts talking about what Ghani needs to do to make it look better. Uh, And he starts talking about their defense minister. And, you know, Biden says many times, I'm not a military guy. But he says, you're going to need more help. But you're going to have to get a perception that is going to change in terms of how um, our allies and folks here in the States and other places think you're doing. (laughs) You're going to need more air support. And uh, if you read this thing all the way through... Essentially, yeah, as we started learning yesterday, that Biden essentially said, if you pretend that things are going well, (laughs) we'll give you air support and we'll give you what you need. It's right here in the the transcript. And then Ghani says this, Mr. President, we are facing a full-scale invasion composed of Taliban, full Pakistani planning and logistical support, and at least ten to 15,000 international terrorists, predominantly Pakistanis, thrown into this, so that dimension needs to be taken account of. Ghani goes on, second, what is crucial is close air support. And if I could make a request, you have been very generous for your, if your assistance, particularly to our Air Force, be front-loaded. Because what we need at the moment uh, is air power. I mean, I'm paraphrasing that last bit. but So Ghani's begging for air support. And if you, again, you go through the, uh, the, the call, all the, the transcript all the way through, again, Biden repeatedly says, well, we've got to change the perception of this. We've got to make it look like you're doing better than you are. And it is there in the transcript where essentially Biden says, you want more support, you got to make it look like it's going better than it actually is. Even though your president and mine continues to say that he didn't know this was happening. He didn't know. And General Milley actually followed up this call later on July 23rd with, a, with an almost exact same call. So, really, if this transcript is to be believed, which I don't know why Reuters would publish it if it weren't, given that they're uh, a pretty left-wing uh, news organization at this point anyway, used to be quite respected, and it still are to a certain extent, but... Uh, so every time he now we, you and I already knew this, but every time he says we didn't know the Taliban were going to take over, and by this point, in, at the point of this call, I believe the Taliban had already taken over half the country. Uh, so every time he says we didn't know, we didn't, we, we didn't know, we didn't know, he is lying. 
he is lying. And painfully obvious as it is, he was more concerned about the perception, about the optics of this thing, because he wanted it to look like a victory for himself that he withdrew. And so he's telling the president of that country, who is telling him we're being overrun with Taliban, to shine it up a little, so when we withdraw, it seems like a great success. How does that make you feel? Got to take a news break here, but give me a call, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Hyperbolic uh, when I tweet about the Handmaid's Tale coming to America, but I don't think it seems hyperbolic now. Does it to you? No. Sean Rima, nine till eleven. News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. That was Joy Reid and Elizabeth freaking Warren at the very end there. Obviously, they're talking about the Texas abortion law, and it's it's the Handmaid's Tale. It's also like, you know, putting bounty, bounties on women's heads. Like escape slaves. Who said that? It was an MSNBC chick that used to work for Obama, I believe. Uh, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. This is my bizarro little program. And uh, it's seven minutes after 10. We'll be joined by Rudy J. once again from the uh, ESPN Morning Show coming up around 1015. Just to hang out and talk about some stuff and see how things are going with him. Uh, but, uh, you know, just very briefly, um, as far as the, the abortion law here in Texas, which is now law, which uh, I believe at six weeks, if a heartbeat can be detected, it bans those abortions and allows for civil litigation from pretty much anybody. You can sue anybody that you believe assisted in an abortion uh, in any way, shape, or form after six weeks and the fetal heartbeat is uh, is is determined. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go at it from the point of view I I took it uh, within the direction I took it on Warren Rima, which is kind of my focus on this particular subject. Uh, first off, yeah, I believe it's a state's rights issue predominantly. So I believe every state has the right to regulate abortion however it wants to regulate abortion. So I believe Texas is perfectly within its rights, my state now, to do what it's done. And in many of the other laws that have come into place, uh, come into play uh, about abortion in Texas, I, I have largely agreed with. Um, as far as the abortion industry... Uh, and this is again where I tend to focus my my thoughts and my words uh, because people are very passionate about this topic. Very obviously, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I really kind of refuse to be labeled pro life or pro choice. What I am is anti abortion industry because there there is a a lie, an inherent lie about what the abortion industry is in this country. That has always sort of existed, but it still exists now, which is that it has something to do with women's health. Um, 
for whatever reasons I have known, you know, some folks who have had abortions over the years, women, obviously. Um, and first off, I can tell you that every woman I know who over the years who has had an abortion either, you know, as an elective thing rather than uh, because they suffered a rape or for medical reasons, anyone with a soul, it is something that has haunted every single one of them. Uh, I know there are women, and I have encountered women over the years, who, you know, frankly use abortion as a kind of birth control, and, and, you know, that's a whole different planet. That's something I don't really understand. But as far as the abortion industry, it is not about women's health. It is not about women's health, and it is not about choice. Because most abortion clinics are about only one choice, uh, and that's to abort. It is a profit-making industry, in my opinion. That is what it exists to do. And the abortion industry in this country uh, markets itself to low-income women, uh, black women, Hispanic women, low-income women. You know, that's where you find the majority of abortion clinics uh and um th- that would be would represent the bulk of their clientele in this country they prey on and market themselves to the very people the very women they claim they exist to support and help um a woman's health a woman's health it does not depend on a freaking abortion clinic a woman like like a man if they have a health issue, can go to any doctor or doc in a box, whether they have insurance or not, and get medical care. The abortion industry exists to perform abortions and make money off them. Uh, That is why they market themselves to who they market themselves to. Um, The abortion industry, especially Planned Parenthood, is also a huge political ally of the Democratic Party, and a powerful one at that, and an influential one at that, because a lot of Democrats have bought into the idea that somehow Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry is is mysteriously pro-woman, and it's an empowering thing to do. I will tell you one thing. There is nothing empowering about it. They use you to make money. It's about making money. That's all it is. Uh, and that's why the abortion lobby, if you will, the abortion industry lobby, fights so hard against any kind of law, restrictive law, in any state. That's why they fought so hard against, uh, like, sonogram bills. Why do you think they fought so hard against sonogram bills? Because when you provide a woman with the medical information of what her baby looks like at a certain stage with a sonogram, which in my opinion is medical information, a lot of times they choose not to do it. But they're not, again, they're not about choice. They're about one choice. And the industry wields a great deal of political power and it makes a crap load of money. And wherever you are, uh, you know, on abortion itself, okay, I will tell you, in my opinion, every clinic in this country right now, the waiting room is packed. 
And one of the reasons the waiting room is packed is because it is easier and cheaper to get an abortion very often than it is to get, like, freaking antibiotics because you have a cold or something. It is an industry. It is for profit. And it preys on the very women it claims to serve. And, you know, I I don't get into, frankly, because of the kind of show I do, I don't really get into this topic very often. I'm being totally honest. And I don't get into, you know, uh, the, the, the finer points, frankly, of how people view this, uh, either scientifically or theologically or what have you, or morally or ethically. As a rule, I just generally don't. It's one of those topics. I am predominantly a funny guy, and that's what I like to focus on. And and this is a subject that is deeply personal and deeply uh, passionate, uh, deeply passionate subject for a whole lot of folks. And And, you know, for me, again... The point of my disdain and angst is on the abortion industry, because that's what it is. It is an industry, and it is for money. Uh, and, you know, again, if it was pro-women, women, they would be much more concerned about, you know, actual choices. <laughs> Uh, so there, uh, 210-599-5555. So, again, it's a states' rights thing predominantly for me. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Trey and I were talking about it earlier. He believes that at some point Roe v. Wade's going to be overturned at the Supreme Court level. I- I'm not as, I don't, uh, I'm not as, uh, you know, I don't believe that. Uh, I'm not as convinced of that, but we'll see. All right. Uh, we got Rudy J coming up next from ESPN. Uh, we're going to have some fun and, and kick back for a few minutes. 210-599-5555. Then if you want to talk about this particular subject, just hang tight and we'll revisit it a little later on. It is Sean Rima on News Talk 550 KTSA. Hey, this is David Van Camp, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. And we're back uh, 19 minutes uh, after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Uh, just in time for our, our morning visit with Rudy J. So, John, how you doing, man? The morning show, um, ESPN, seven to ten, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, seven a.m., ten a.m., twelve fifty a.m., ninety four five FM with Mr. Rob Thompson. Yeah, R and R in the mornings, and uh, he he's a very nice man, isn't he? What a nice dude he, he is, is. A nice guy, and he, he smells voice. good too. He smells great good. hair. <laughs> six four. He's six four. Well, in all seriousness, he's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. He is in radio, gentle giant, gentle giant. But he does have great hair, and great I, re- hair. I, I, res- hate it. I resent him for that, don't I, you? Yes. Don't you, you resent him deeply you know, for that? There's a reason you and I wear hats every day. <laughs> have you noticed that? Yes. You and I wear hats. Every time I see him, I'm like, Sean got on a hat. I'm wearing my hat, too. You know why? Because if I take my hat off, I look like Ben Franklin. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, man. Chris knows, right? Yeah, don't I? I got a little baldness hey, going on up there. Chris, I used to sit next to Chris at every spur game. Oh, did Me, you? Chris and I, we're always on a different station, but Chris and I go way back. Oh, now, no, Chris really? would never say anything at the game. He just get the audio and leave. <laughs> like he never asked a question. He never asked Pop a question. Never asked Tim Duncan a question. He just holds his ESPN mic out and walks out. And I'm like, where did where did Chris go? <laughs> That's How much funny, weight man. have you lost, Chris? He has. Look at him, like, man. About fifty pounds. I oh, resent you too. Is Look he at him. intermittent fasting? What's going on? Just accidental, yeah. Not accidental. Yeah, accidental. Dude, a couple of years ago, okay, he when he first got on his health kick, 
Okay. All right. He started walking. What did you? How many times around the building would you walk every day? Eight times the the perimeter of the parking lot. How many steps was he trying? He was probably a step. You're probably getting or trying to get what ten, twenty thousand steps a day. I think it was uh, it was just over a mile. Dude, like I go, I go to my car just over a mile. Oh, okay. I go out to my car and I get winded. Dude, <laughs> same. You know what I mean? Same. I'll get winded coming back here to where you're at. I'll never come back here. <laughs> I'm like, damn, can Sean meet me halfway? You and I, you and I are getting our daily exercise just we like gotta, running boy, our asses down you the come to my You come to my show, I come to your show. That's it. That's my step count. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. We all need our exercise. Um, you and I have both been looking at the footage. It's crazy out day of, for uh, you, huh? Yeah, with, especially with New York. And That's now, crazy, man, looking at all that water. Like I said, we were saying, I can't believe I'd have made it up that far. It's still that powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're seeing footage now out of Philadelphia. New Jersey is flooded. New York City, and we were talking about this with, with you and Rob on ESPN right. a few minutes, a little while ago, that, you know, as far as the subway, the subways are flooded. It looks scary. And I, I mentioned to, the, to you guys. <laughs> yeah, tell them what you told me. I said, you know, the last time, the most dangerous thing I've ever done as far as the subways in New York is I once got hammered off a of tequila with my girlfriend and rolled into Chinatown off a subway at 2 in the morning. And that's not, so from what I'm told, that's not the smartest thing to do? No. Did you get, did anybody bother y'all ask you for money? Like, what was that like? I don't remember. Oh, but you my, were, my, you were, my you girlfriend. The tequila, it's called that liquor, liquor courage. They, that's what it's well, called. They had a, this was in the early 90s, and they had okay. a bar we'd gone to called Bamboo Bernie's. This is a true story. I don't think I've ever told this on the air. Bamboo Bernie's. And Bamboo Bernie's, all, this was in, in, in New York, can't remember exactly where. Because uh, I've only been there once. Okay, I've never been. Yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it, it'll take your breath away. It's weird, and and I, uh, they only had Chris. What do you call those? Like the mixer machines? Like you, you know, you go to the convenience store and they got the punch. Oh yeah, like the, an icy machine. Yeah, well, not like pure margarita machines, but they're like yeah, but they, but they, that's all they mean. had. That was it. Were these tropical drinks? Okay, and they had one called a flaming volcano. Dude, you could wash, you could take a bath in this. It was about. <laughs> it was that big? It was one of these big two person drinks. Right. Okay. How many did you have? I had like seven by no. myself. I had enough by myself that they gave me a free t shirt. <laughs> so you, you kind of won a challenge and didn't even know it. I, I was 21, and yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, hey, let's go get some Chinese food. I'm like, oh, okay. But you know what? You're not driving in New York. That's a beautiful thing, though, right? Because you don't drive anywhere, so why not get hammered? A lot of people don't have cars in why New York. Why would you? Because you don't. They ride the subway everywhere or public or get a cab or what have you. We are seeing today, though, a lot of people who do have cars have abandoned. I mean, they're. Yeah, they, nothing you can do. So what? You took the. The subway to Chinatown for Chinese food after seven flaming volcanoes? I, I did. I was young and. Well, yeah, I was young. To be young again. You did that, that now, like? you'd be out for a week. Oh, man. Like one of those would land me yeah. in the hospital. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I take two days to recover now. <laughs> I do, do literally. I take two, two. If I really tie one on, it takes me two days. Isn't that weird how that happens? It's crazy. I'm like, why am I still feel like crap? It's it, just it, it, Father Time is undefeated, brother. <laughs> Father Time is undefeated, my man. Father Time will kick yeah, your he ass. Does. Yes, he does. Because I'm with you, it's like I used to be able to, you know, I, I think when I was young and it was a, just a real party freak, you know, up until about last Tuesday. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. When did you stop? Uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I used to, uh, 
I used to be able to put away like a gallon of wine in a night and, you know, be fine the next day. You're a wine guy? You know I different, used to be. Yeah. You know different wines, like well, how to pair them? I no. want to learn that. Okay. I, I, no, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm interested to learn how to pair wines. Let's see. I, I think the $5 barefoot Merlot right. will go nice with the Totino's party pizza, yeah. uh, sausage and pepperoni. I highly recommend <laughs> it. Yellowtail. Like anything at Walmart, that's what that's what my extent. Like if I can't get the wine at Walmart, then I don't need it. I'm not spending three hundred dollars on a bottle of wine, but I wouldn't mind learning a few. But I'm not giving you three hundred bucks for wine. I also, you mentioned Pop a little while ago, and I was yeah. a big wine guy. Big wine guy. We used to write Chris when I was watching the Spurs. I used to go on air and say, "Hey Pop, you know, come on, let's get together and talk about our differences." I got a bottle of five ninety nine Barefoot Merlot with your name on it, man. <laughs> I don't think he would. I don't think he. I don't think he'd touch it. Five ninety nine. That's a good price. That's about my. I would probably go the far as I go, maybe twenty five thirty. Yeah, because I don't even know if I'm gonna like it. Right. You know. Well, I think it's a like, it's like a prestige thing for some right. folks. It is a status thing. Like I know my wines. I know my wines. I've done the wine tour thing. That was cool, but that was just to get hammered. Yeah, on the little samples. Done, yeah, like the little <laughs> out there in Fredericksburg with the little cheese samples and the jam. You're on the. You, they're giving you jam and pimento, and I'm like. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I'll eat it just so I don't look like the guy that only eats chicken tenders. You know what I'm saying? But I was really gagging inside. I threw up in my mouth like three times on the wine tour. Oh, man. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, it was brutal. A true story. I'm not making that up. I've done the same thing. <laughs> okay. So see, this is why this segment works. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Man. Where you go to like a wine tour. I, I was like, like what? You know, you know, all these wine snobs are like pouring like a little s- smidge in their yeah. mouth and spitting it out again. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, and they're swirling it and like, oh, look at the lines. I'm like, dude, where's where's my buzz kicking? When is my buzz? <laughs> kicking? How many, many of these things I got to drink yeah. to get a buzz is there going? Any music at this place? Or y'all all whisper? <laughs> it's lovely bouquet. Yeah, it's like okay, whatever. It Wonderful cool, balance. Though. It was so. cool with a bunch of other couples, so that made it easier. Excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you know, know what I mean. Well, because if you go by yourself, then everybody kind of knows you're an alcoholic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, dude, they came on a wine tour by itself. <laughs> Just that dude That's over there, weird. dude in the sweatpants, uh, yeah. with uh, the guy, the, the guy over there. He's like all by himself, and he. He keeps getting sample coupons. Yeah, that's weird. That's when you know. Anyway, well, it's <laughs> glad to know that we have some same hobbies. Yeah. Good thing <laughs> well, I, I can't anymore because I, I got a, I got a condition now. I had a, I had some heart troubles. Okay. So I had to like pull it back on on the on the you cut back some or all the way. Well, all the way, pretty much. No, you don't drink at all. Well, I basically because of why I went in the hospital, I had they banned all fun. So I like all fun. I had to give up all fun. No, already. no rare steaks anymore. No, I, I eat uh, a handful of trail mix every day. Damn. And uh, smoothies. My wife makes me smoothies. All I ask is that when you, if you go vegan, don't walk in the room and tell everyone you're vegan. Uh, no, no one likes I would, that guy. I would. No, nobody does like that guy. I want to go to a vegan restaurant and start demanding meat options. You know they what I mean? Would, they would arrest you. <laughs> Probably. Rudy J, man. My man. ESPN Morning Show, uh, 7 to 10, every day. Every day. Thank you, man. All right, my man. Uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. We'll take a break. And we're back. New Stock 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Fox News is now reporting at least 16 dead uh, in the flooding, uh, the 
cont- uh, from Ida, Hurricane Ida, remnants of Hurricane Ida, uh, wind and rain uh, and flooding at horrific and unbelievable levels in New York City and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, the president is, well, MSNBC has on their screen that the president is expected to give remarks, well, about seven minutes ago. So um, we'll we'll see if uh, we hear from the president on Ida, uh, you know, any time in the, in the near future. But he's supposed to be giving some, some comments. And uh, just uh, horrific uh, imagery we're seeing out of uh, New York City, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Uh, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I we we did bring up the the Texas bill, uh, abortion bill, a little while ago. Let me just uh, take a call here, and then we'll. I want to talk about something else real quick. Here's Lisa. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I wanted to tell you regarding the Texas law that I do agree with everything you said about it being an industry. And I guess the things that get me so upset about these people that promote abortion is that realistically it's the accountability. You know, there's all kinds of ways to avoid getting pregnant. You can even go to the CVS and get a day-after pill. And the simple fact that, you know, these people don't take accountability or responsibility for themselves, if you're not trying to have a baby, then take a damn pill. Well, And why doesn't the, you know, the pro-choice movement seem to be, because I've always said, why, if if they're truly pro-choice, why aren't they pro-adoption? Why don't you hear more about yeah. that choice from from that side of things? And you and, and you don't like again. The problem is it's only about one choice, and uh, and and that's uh, again. I appreciate the call. That's where uh, the 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 industry itself is is. You know, I, I wish uh, that would be looked into uh, on a much more deeper level nationwide. How they conduct business, because that's what it is. It's a business. Um, we're, we're, Fox News has, has moved on to, uh, this is a story that we're hearing more and more about. And again, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, um, that more and more Biden staffers apparently are making it known how disgusted they are with the Afghan exit. Uh, I just saw a, again, I didn't, hadn't planned directly on talking about this, but it's just popping up on Fox right now. And uh, I guess uh, it's being reported or leaked, perhaps, that many of Biden's own staff are horrified that we left Americans behind. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, again, MSNBC is doing wall-to-wall coverage on on the floods, and, and certainly I'm not trying to diminish that story. Of course, it, it deserves a lot of coverage. It's it's a horrible, horrible situation. But, you know, uh, I, the, the Afghanistan situation where we still have these two dozen or, uh, uh, yeah, two dozen young college students uh, out of Sacramento that are still stuck in Afghanistan, and the president hasn't responded to that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, every day we have more and more info on people who are, yeah, Jen Psaki, stranded in Afghanistan, trying desperately to get out and begging for help. And Jen Psaki uh, has the, the the blanks to say yesterday that everyone who's coming in from Afghanistan is thoroughly vetted, and we already know that's not true. So uh, I, I hope that, I don't know if this will happen, but I certainly hope that more of Biden's own people 
who perhaps hopefully are disgusted by everything that happened. A little while ago, before the top of the hour there, before the news break with Don Morgan, I mentioned this this phone conversation between Afghan former Afghan President Ghani and Joe Biden in July, 23rd of July, where it is very, very obvious, based upon the transcript, that, yeah, Joe Biden certainly was aware how bad things were in Afghanistan with the Taliban. Why? Because, well, in the transcript, first and foremost, the president, President Ghani, tells him. And he is obviously in that transcript, which is... Uh, then uh, uh, copied, if you will, the same offer is kind of made again by General Milley later on to the president of uh, former president of, of, of Afghanistan that you got to make this look like it's not happening. You got to make this look like it's not happening, and you got to make it look like things are going better than what is, is actually happening. And uh, if you do that, because the President Ghani is saying it's a horrible situation, we need more air we need more air support. And again, if you read the entire transcript, you're you're going to see where your President Joe Biden is is basically saying, "Well, I tell you what, if you make this look a little bit better, because perception is everything. We need this to look. We need the perception to be better." for our allies and everybody here uh, in the states and if you do that well then you got your air power point being that joe biden certainly did know how bad things were and so and i, I just want to keep repeating this because it's amazing to me uh, uh how bold face bald face this is apparently you know obviously every time joe biden says that they didn't know they didn't know how bad this was, and it happened so fast they couldn't anticipate it. Joe Biden said the other night that pretty much everybody that he worked with, whether they were civilians or military, told him this wasn't going to happen, right? I heard that right, Chris, didn't I? Well, in the transcripts, and it's you can go to Reuters and see the whole phone call, the entire transcript. In in the transcript, he says <laughs> the very same people, my my civilian and military folks, are all telling me, you know, that it's really freaking bad. I'm paraphrasing, but it's the exact opposite of what he claimed to the American people the other night, and what he has been claiming that they didn't know. He says in the phone conversation he knew. So, you know, I, 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 I hope, again, that what I'm hearing about his own staff, apparently members of his own staff in the West Wing are horrified by what just took place. And I hope more and more of them come forward. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll resign. I don't know. And then once they're out, they can, you know. But certainly at some point we're going to be hearing from more people within his inner circle and the administration who are going to be voicing their opinions in this regard, and, and I hope so. And I, I don't know, I've said this on multiple occasions, if you voted for Joe Biden and, you know, you're a Democrat or whatever, or not, maybe you're not even a Democrat, maybe you just didn't like Donald Trump, and you voted for Joe Biden, or, you know, I, I believe it was a cheat predominantly, but if you did vote for Joe Biden... And you're you're seeing and hearing all the same stuff I'm seeing and hearing. <laughs> I, 
how you can continue to support that guy. And I, I, I keep seeing memes, right? I keep seeing memes on Facebook. I don't do any other social media, but more and more memes of, of folks who are still supporting him and still are going out there with that, well, at least he stopped the war. AOC, who was a freaking moron, uh, had been criticized for not saying anything about Afghanistan, and so finally she tweets, because that's what she does, that's what your tax dollars pay her to do is tweet and be an influencer, that uh, Joe Biden is the first president who actually stopped this war, which is absolutely not true. The person who was getting it out, who started the process of getting out of getting out, getting us out of Afghanistan, was Donald J. Trump. So anyway, I, I hate everything. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break, and then we'll go back to the phones uh, when we get back. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSa. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back, News Talk 550 KTSA. Ah, man, still looking at the video coming out of uh, New Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania. Looking at uh, a live shot of uh, Mullica Hill, New, New Jersey, if I'm pronoun- pronouncing that correctly. Yes, it is New Jersey. <laughs> See how you are. And uh, they had a tornado go through that town, and it looks like the entire town is leveled. Wow. Um, they just had a, uh, uh, a, 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 a an interview with a woman in New Jersey whose home had been destroyed, and she found her wallet in the rubble. And was happy. I mean, she's crying, but she's happy that she found her wallet because her entire home had been destroyed by, uh, I'm assuming, the tornado. Damn, man. I just, uh, again, uh, having, you know, grown up in that part of the world, it's just looking at the devastation here. It's just tornadoes in New Jersey, flooding in, in Manhattan. You've just, it's stuff you've just never seen. Uh, and again, uh, now, um, you know, this is great. You know, I, and I, I told you this a few minutes ago that, uh, uh, MSNBC, uh, Fox News isn't even bothering to put this stuff up anymore. But, uh, MSNBC had in the corner of their screen that the Biden, uh, Biden was getting ready to, uh, schedule to give some comments on the devastation from, uh, from Ida, uh, at 1030 hour time, which obviously didn't happen. And now we're back to, Soon, Joe Biden will speak uh, after Ida lashes the Gulf Coast. At some point, I'll say eventually. Eventually. Well, it's a three-day weekend. Maybe he'll show up on Tuesday. Man, what a jerk. Here's Linda. Linda, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. I'm calling in on the comments about Joe Biden being the one to end this war. He and his entire administration has done this, and they should be brought up on treason and sedition charges, all of them, removed from office, because they are the ones that are now bringing this war to our country. We have plenty of these um, Afghans that are coming here 
in disguise of innocent Afghanistans when they're probably the the Taliban getting ready. Well, we don't know, right? Because initially, when they were doing the airlift, they were filling airplanes up with just anybody. Exactly. With and actually, what I heard last night on uh, on Fox is that the majority of the Afghans that we brought over were not people who had actually worked with us. We're finding out now. Uh, So, you know, very disturbing stuff. Uh, Linda, They're coming here to break war, right out here. So you can thank Biden and his entire administration, because Biden is nothing more than a puppet, and his administration, especially Susan Rice, and, and the generals that are supposedly working with him, are the ones that are causing all these problems. Yeah, well, I, I think he's probably got more of a hand in it than we realize, but I didn't used to think that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you absolutely, uh, and I appreciate the call, Linda. You know, it, but we were we were talking about this earlier in the morning. You know, is he going to be impeached? No. In fact, is anything going to happen to Joe Biden as a result of this? No. I hate to be cynical. I hate to, you know, uh, be a, a depressing dude on the radio, but you know what? Nothing's going to happen. It's not a secret. Right. Yeah, I was reading a story uh, the other day about how Joe Biden apparently has, has always kind of come off as a creep and a jerk when it comes to Gold Star families. And there's a story I read yesterday where, because in the wake of his visit to Dover Air Force Base last Sunday, where pretty much universally anybody who was there uh, who was a family member of one of the Fallen 13 were saying, you know, he's looking at his watch con- con- uh, continuously. Uh, when he spoke to us, he, sp- he was very dismissive and spoke more about spoke more about his own son who passed from brain cancer. Uh, that I believe in 2019, or no, I, I, I got to go back. When he was vice president, still, um, he had met with a Gold Star family, and a guy, a father, was there. It was his son who had who had been killed in action, and his daughter-in-law is there. And according to this gentleman, Biden said to her, "You're much too pretty to be going through this." You're much too pretty to be going through this. And the guy said, he's really lucky he was surrounded by Secret Service or I'd be in jail right now. So, you know, that's your president. <laughs> uh, 210-599-5555. Um, here's Cruz. Oh, how you doing? You there, man? Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, uh, I've called in before, but I got two comments. Number one, it's about, you know, I'm a Democrat, liberal Democrat, voted for Joe Biden. I was also Army Intelligence, and there's no way I could vote for him ever again. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I vote for a Republican, but there's no way I can support or continue to support uh, Joe Biden at this point because I know these are just excuses. I was on the inside, so you're not pulling the wool over my eyes. You can't say that the American intelligence is one thing with Donald Trump and then come back and say, well, they didn't know. We couldn't figure it out. But we held Donald Trump to the 
standard that you got to believe what they say. They are as good as they say they are. They do what they say they're going to do. And now with Joe Biden, I think they've always been good. They've always been great. They knew. They, I, I'm telling you, they knew. They knew. There's no way they didn't know. So I can't support Joe Biden. Mm. I, I just can't do it. That's number one. But then number two, and I'm going to hang up, uh, it's on the abortion. Mm-hmm. I understand you had a female caller that basically says, oh, they could go get the morning after pill and things like that. Well, those are easy. If you don't want to get pregnant, then don't get pregnant. There's so many things you can do, okay? But I'm, a, I, I, I'm worried about the fringes. You know, what about that 13-year-old mm. that gets raped by her cousin? And, you know, now what do you do? She didn't have a choice. She didn't. She didn't say, look, I, I didn't want to get pregnant. She's now, she's pregnant. And then the guy that rapes her or gets her pregnant, assaults her, he can now sue her if she decides to go get an abortion. I, I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not here to call and say I do know. Right. But I know we're out there on the fringes that there's some hard questions that are out there. And it's not as easy as saying, well, Abortion should be this because people can make that choice. Well, yeah, adults can make it and people can do it, but we're still out there. There's fringes that are out there that need to be thought about. That's right. the problem. That's the problem that I've got with it right now, and that's my comment. And man, I'm hang up. thank you so much, Cruz, for your honesty, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much, and call us again. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be challenged on on a, on a few different levels. We we already know that, so you know, we'll, we'll see the, the the litigation part of it. Um, I suspect is going to be the that's the heart of it. So it's going to be uh, well litigated. <laughs> you got to figure that one out because who? What do you? Could you accuse somebody of uh, uh, engaging in, a, in an abortion when maybe they didn't have anything to do with it? And and then what happens next? And they get sued, and so you know. It's going to make its way through the courts. It's this whole argument is not nearly over uh, because it passed, and that's uh, that's the truth of it. Uh, well, we got to take we got to say goodbye. I, Chris, I, I totally missed the Demi Lovato Lizzie Lizzo story about how Demi Lovato was misgendered, but maybe we'll tackle that major story tomorrow. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to. Uh, Elaine Rodriguez, our executive, executive producer, Don Morgan, uh, Rudy J, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.